Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 145 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by some wonderful guests this evening. First of all, we have with us our very special guest. She is Tori McElhaney. Tori, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I need some sleep and a vacation, but but I'm doing good otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took the vacation, so now I'm the one that's going to have to carry the load, so you guys can all just relax now. It's up to <laughs> me. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Tori, for coming on. We appreciate you. Um, also with us tonight, we have DW David Walker. He is on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. DW, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm great, man. I hate technology. Yeah, yeah, we were having some technical difficulties before the show. I'm sure you guys probably were getting suspicious. You know, we were a couple minutes late. So, um, yeah, just, you know, everything's working now. So nobody, you know, move anything too much. Uh, nobody jostle any cables or anything like that. We should be good to go, <laughs> I think. So also with us tonight, we have my co-host, Eric Robinson. He is at er- underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Eric, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good with these big ass NASA headphones. <laughs> yeah, GW just had to bring you know, that up. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I, I'm able to hear everything crystal clear. So yes. yeah, let's 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 get it rolling. It's magnificent. You know, it's so the high the high quality audio. It's amazing. You know, we got the microphones, we got the oh, massive headphones. Oh, it's high quality. It's, right. Yeah, it's just like we're in the booth. You know, so <laughs> well, guys, I you know, there's nothing going on really with the Falcons, right? So we're probably you know just gonna relax. You know, just you know talk about OTAs. No, uh, you may have heard that the Julio Jones you know is wanting to be traded, may be traded imminently. Uh, all this stuff. So we got one of the best in the business in Tori McElhaney here to, to break down some of the rumors, some of the stuff she's been hearing. And we're going to talk about that. Obviously, we're going to talk about some potential trade destinations that might make sense that might be able to provide the Falcons with some good compensation. And then obviously talk about what kind of compensation, you know, we would be looking for if we were the Falcons to make the deal even palatable. Maybe it's never going to be palatable, but, you know, even somewhat reasonable. Um 
And then later in the show, a little bit after 9, we're going to be having undrafted free agent running back Javian Hawkins joining the show uh, to talk about his experiences with the team so far, his skill set. So we're super excited to have him. And we may have some other folks popping in as they're available as well. So you guys just buckle up for a jam-packed show with tons of content. Going to be a good one. So obviously the the news of the evening is Julio Jones and his... uh, Apparent request for a trade all the way back in March that is now boiled over into a whole public spectacle uh, due to a, a now infamous appearance on Undisputed where Shannon Sharp apparently cold called him. You know, there's some rumors that Julio knew it was live, some rumors that he didn't. Um, either way, very unlike Julio to kind of drop that sort of bomb. So everyone's been kind of scrambling since then. Uh, I, I know, Tori, you have been scrambling. You, know, you mentioned some of the articles that you have been putting out, but... <laughs> Just where are you at now with everything that's happened? It's been such a whirlwind. Uh, you know, where are you at with, with this now? Do you think that, that Julio was, you know, quote-unquote catfished or whatever people were saying is happening with him? <laughs> um, or, you know, what, what's your kind of thought on, on the situation as it stands now? Uh, I know I tweeted this out the moment that, you know, shit hit the fan. Um, yeah. But I really didn't think that this was the way that this was all going to transpire. Like, I think when I was thinking if a Julio Jones trade was on the table and we're, we're talking about rumors all the way back in, you know, March, April, before the draft, May, and then to get to this point on Monday where he goes on undisputed and, and says that he's out, I mean, or that he wants out, that changed the narrative for me from just strictly something that was like maybe hypothetical that you're looking at, okay, you have Grady Jarrett's contract that you could restructure or extend him in order to get the money that you need to sign your draft class, or you trade Julio post June 1st. All of that was kind of just like what you're thinking about doing. But now that Julio's kind of gone on the record and let his you know thoughts be known, it kind of makes it almost more urgent in in my head more more of a real very very real possibility and it's one that I don't even know if like at this point Julio Jones and the Falcons could reconcile I don't know what it would take to to keep Julio in Atlanta and that's why I don't think it it's gonna be able to be something that happens and why I think there's so much urgency now and intensity about a potential trade yeah it's been very dramatic how it has unfolded Um, you know, because I think a lot of people, including myself were you know, saying that the buzz happening during the draft was strange because everyone knows, you know, Julio's trade before June 1st, not really possible because of the cap implications. So, you know, we were all like, this is really dumb. Like, why are we, you know, talking about them trading him before the draft? It was probably more just like a kind of quiet bubbling up of the knowledge that teams knew that Jones was available. You know, the trade probably wouldn't be processed necessarily until after June 1st. But, you know, these were real conversations that were happening, teams kind of angling for Julio. Um, But yeah, now that, you know, the draft has ended, we're talking about future compensation only. And the fact that Julio apparently wants to leave is a big wrench to get thrown into things because, you know, it was always like, why are they going after Kyle Pitts and trying to trade Julio Jones? It doesn't seem like those two things necessarily were on the same page in terms of uh, a team building strategy. But now knowing that Julio Jones was the one that wanted to leave, it makes things a little bit more clear. You know, the team may view Kyle Pitts as kind of their sort of, you know, one number one weapon replacement for Julio eventually. Um, and the reason, you know, they haven't necessarily approached Grady Jarrett about an extension is that they were planning to get the money they need through, you know, the trade of Julio Jones. So um, 
I'm still processing it because they just interrupted my vacation, you know, with with this nonsense. But uh, yeah, I mean, I want to go to everyone else as well. DW, uh, what were your thoughts uh, on how everything has kind of boiled over and where we stand right now? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so many things, really. (laughs) So many things, so many emotions. Um, You know, I, I, I guess the first thing is, you know, you think about the NFL and it's the old saying, it's not for long, right? It's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go through NFL history, uh, Jerry Rice, uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Brett Favre. These are all guys that did not finish their careers with the team that they, you know, won all pros, won championships with. And it's an age old adage that um, it, if your career lasts long enough, you will probably not finish it on the same team in the mm-hmm. NFL. And we're seeing that with Julio. And this is, you know, 10 years he's been with the organization. Um, he wants out. I think a lot of that is, you know, the Falcons have been god-awful the past three years. And right. he's, he is a competitor. He wants to win games. He wants to win a championship. Um, I think, you know, like Tori said, the way we found out, I think, was really devastating um, and frustrating for fans because that's, that's like the worst-case scenario. That's like being broken up with. Uh, by your girlfriend or boyfriend through like your best friend seeing it on Twitter. That's, (laughs) you know, this is the kind of crap that, you know, happens to other people. It doesn't like we're Falcons fans. We put up with 28 to three. Why does this have to be Mm -hmm. how we find out about Julio? It's like, it's like your girlfriend breaking up with you on IG live. (laughs) It's just, it's it's rude. It's devastating. And it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's embarrassing. So I I totally get what you're saying. And it, I think that's part of what's adding to this. But I think what you said earlier is, is the biggest key. We have been talking about the Julio trade, even amongst us uh, in the writers, fighting about it. As, yes, as it's been fact. the most contentious topic that I can remember, certainly. Oh, uh, we, we have been fighting, um, yeah. in, including uh, air traffic controller Eric and I. Um, <laughs> and I think finding out that Julio wanted the trade and he asked for it a while back, it changed the dynamics entirely. And I remember even in our chat, once we found that out, like all of our conversations, like everyone hit the brakes. It's like, oh, God, this is a lot more stuff is making sense. Why didn't they approach Grady Jarrett? Well, if they were thinking they were trading Julio, there's no reason to have to go and chase you know Grady Jarrett's contract down yet. Um, so it makes a lot of things make more sense. But, uh, yeah, the, this was supposed to be the dead season. And we end up with the biggest news of the week, of course. Right. Yeah. It's like I wanted there to be more content than last year where this was like a literal <laughs> drought for three or four months total. But this is not what I had in mind. This is not what I wanted. So Not like this. Yeah, not like this. Uh, yeah, Eric, I mean, I know like like DW mentioned, we've been arguing about it forever. But yeah, I mean, where are you now on this whole uh, Julio situation? Um, there's you know what this whole thing, how it played out and where it may be headed, how it really started, is is a whole episode on its own, to be quite honest with you. But I think to piggyback off what DW said, you know, this is, this has never happened to the Browns. It's never happened to the Bengals. It's never happened to any other franchise, only the Falcons, that (laughs) arguably the best player in franchise history says he wants to be done with the team on a sports debate show. (laughs) and it's for one this is embarrassing if you're a representative of the falcons if you work in the pr department this is completely embarrassing to find out this way i feel bad for arthur blank 
I feel bad for everyone that is a PR member of the Atlanta Falcons organization because this is a terrible way to find out that Julio Jones is not going to be a Falcon in 2021. Yeah. Um, I really want to uncover a lot more as far as how this built up between Julio and Shannon Sharp and who said what, who initiated what. That's still kind of up in the air at this point. Yeah. But I think what we know for sure um it, it unveiled how this started because of course for the last few months it seemed as if this was generated from the falcons front office when right now we know it's julio that came to the team and said hey i want out so it made sense because if you recall the rumors the trade rumors started up around march which apparently was around the same time that julio approached the team with this um so to me this situation it really it impacted trade to me it's going to impact trade talks as far as leverage goes for the team i don't think julio jones realizes what this can do to his image depends on how it all the way plays out because we're, we're probably not going to get into it now but there could definitely be some legal ramifications down the line because of this this can definitely have a, a great impact on the fox corporation and their relationship with the NFL, this can have a great impact on Shannon Sharp and his stance with Fox Sports. Right. And I don't think anybody knew. I thought every, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you, everybody thought this was going to be a simple, hey, let's just get on there, create some buzz, get some ratings, get everybody stirred up, and let's move forward. Like, no, this has a lingering domino effect in so many different ways. Yeah. And I don't think anybody realized it, but it's, it's a terrible way for the fan base to find out like, yeah, Julio wants out. Like I, again, it's, it's embarrassing as if like DW said, as if 28 to three wasn't enough. Right. No. Now Julio Jones has to get on undisputed and say, I don't want to play. I don't want to be a Falcon anymore. Awesome. Yeah. I just, that's, that's why I have such a hard time believing that he did know that he was live because it doesn't, Uh, it doesn't match. It doesn't match up with anything else he's ever done in Atlanta. Like he's never, even when he wanted a new contract, he was very, very limited in, in his public displeasure. I mean, it was, we're, we're we're probably not going to get too far into that, but I, I just have a hard time believing he didn't know. Like there's, it's just, it's too much, too many things that aligned itself for him not to know that at that point in time, Shannon Sharp was on air live of Undisputed. I mentioned in the group chat yesterday, athletes may not watch the show, but they know who Shannon Sharp is. They know who he works for, and they pretty much know what he does five days a week. Mm. So to get a phone call like that in the middle of the day, I don't think Julio said, oh, it's Shannon. I wonder what he wants. No, like it's just to me, it just it didn't it didn't align itself like that. I I honestly, in my honest opinion, I'll say like I said, we're not probably probably not gonna get too much into this, but I think this was an organized plan between the two of them, somehow somewhere. I really do. It's just, but it just it blew up in a way that neither one of them thought it was going to. Like like you said, this is not Julio's ammo, so Julio is probably not going to think, man, what can this do to my image? He's never right. done anything like this. Which before. seems like shocking to me because he should know this. He like, should know. Right. This is not generally something that you just go on TV and as, say. As, as, so 
as far as Shannon goes, Shannon Shannon thinks he has a stance with a lot of players in the league. He's cool with everybody. So he's looking at this in terms of a ratings aspect. Well, guess what, buddy? There's a certain state law in the state that you film this show on that you kind of just broke that law technically. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, but it just it, it's going to have a lingering effect in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do want to read Corey Carter's donation real quick with the $5. Corey, thank you, man, for your donation. We appreciate you. He says, I think Julio started this problem by holding out in 2017, and now after the new contract to replace the old contract he wants out of the problem he created. Kevin, do you still think those of us who think Julio will be traded are, quote, utter fools? Can I, You'll remember, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to address this first. I did say this, but if you remember, I said... He will not be traded. If you think he'll be traded before or during the NFL draft, you are another fool because of the salary <laughs> cap ramifications. Now, I didn't think he would be traded. That is totally fair to say. But I said during or before the draft because they couldn't do it. Like physically, it's not possible. They yeah. would be like minus ten I, million in cap. I want to. So, I want to address him holding out. Look, he was getting outpaid by Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins. Um, I believe Demarius Thomas at that time, Odell Beckham, he was the 14th ranked receiver in terms of annual salary when he was holding out. Julio mm-hmm. deserved to be the highest paid receiver in the league at that point in time. So I have no issue with him wanting more money. Again, Sammy Watkins was making $16 million a year <laughs> as a base salary. He was making more than Julio. So I have I had no issue with Julio wanting to hold out. Everybody keeps throwing that back at him. The guy was severely underpaid at that point in time in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we can move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DW, did you have something you wanted to add? Oh, no. I, I love the conspiracy. <laughs> you just enjoyed theories. it. Yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm here no, to do I the mean, Sherlock Holmes thing, man. I mean, everyone knows my thoughts because I put it on Twitter. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I think it's Thomas Dermotroff's fault for building a very poor team over the last several years. Um, and, you know, I, I think Julio doesn't want to go through another whole staff regime change. He's had to do it, you know, twice, basically. He's Well, I mean, I guess once technically, but like he doesn't want to start over again uh, when he probably realizes he's got, you know, two to three years left of of his, you know, potential like star power. Uh, he doesn't want to waste, you know, two of them with what looks like could it could be a possible rebuild. I mean, I know we're all fairly like high on the Falcons chances of bouncing back to like relevance, but I don't think any of us think they're a true Super Bowl contender. I, I guess I don't want to speak for everyone, but I don't think we are. Um, so like if he wants to go to a true contender to, to fi- finish out his career, that's not something that's really that uncommon for a player of his caliber. You know, we do see this often i mean even aaron Rodgers is like i want out of green bay because i don't think they're like enough of a contender even though they were like the number one you know seed in the nfc or whatever by the time the season ended even that's not good enough you know so um it happens so it's wild but yeah i it's really unfortunate how it all blew up and it's really sad because i think you know for me julio's all has been my favorite player since he got here basically and he's always been such a professional it's why i'm so shocked that this has kind of come out like this um so I guess we'll see. We, I mean, we heard reports. I guess there was buzz today that the Falcons were very, very upset with uh, Shannon Sharp and Fox Sports. So that could potentially lead more, you know, credence to the fact that it was, you know, not necessarily on the up and up. But 
It could also be that the team is also equally pissed at Julio Jones for, you know, doing it if he was aware. Um, he definitely played it off like he was aware. That was if he was, you know, that was a good acting performance by him. He was like, "Oh, you're live, by the way." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, cool." <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think either way, it was a crummy thing to do to put him in that situation. And I mean, whether it was premeditated or not, uh, I don't think you, you know, I would ask players to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't be yeah. working long in this business. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not journalism, man. Like that was that was BS. Regardless how it started, regardless who was in on it, to me, that's that's a BS way to try to get ratings and to get people to look at your show. Um, and and that's where journalism is taking a turn nowadays, where you have analysts. To me, this is where hiring former athletes comes into play because. Mm. There's certain journalism ethics that they don't follow. They don't want to follow because they feel their stance as a former player trumps pretty much everything. So I think it played out in this way. Shannon Stark, Sharp, look at this and say, hey, I know Julio Jones personally. Let me call him by the cell, you know, with my cell phone instead of going about it the right way. He didn't mention this to any of the producers, anybody on the show. Hell, Skip, it looked like Skip Bayless was left out of the world. world. <laughs> Even Skip Bayless was shocked. That's like a <laughs> that's that's really crazy so, to yeah. see Skip Bayless shocked. Yeah. So this was this was a complete just you know it was it was oh. unethical man. It was unprofessional and it, it was if something happens to Shannon Sharp because of it, then so be it. To be quite honest with you, right? Yeah, Tori, did you have a take on how that how all that went down? I mean, yeah. I mean, I just think it's very interesting, and I think you raise a good point about like former athletes becoming these talking heads and, and kind of making these choices live on television. I mean, cause you can like, I mean, I took a calm law class and these are the very first things that you learn in these calm law classes when, mm. when you're studying to become a working journalist. And yep. I, it, it's really, it's really tough to, to kind of see that and to, and then to kind of be lump, everybody like lumped in. It's the media when, there are members of the media who are out there who know what they're doing, who know what they're supposed to be doing and do it and go about it the right way. And so I, I didn't, I didn't like it. I also didn't like it that it just blew up my Monday, but like that's also <laughs> fun too. Um, yep. That's what I, that's what I signed up for when I started covering the Falcons, I assume. Apparently, <laughs> um, Yeah. I think you thought it was going to be all quiet, you know, just, you know, get, deal with the 28 to three memes, but you know, if you can get past that, not, not too bad, but yeah. And then I'm on the beat for five weeks and Dan Quinn and Dom Thomas Dimitrov get the can and then it's yeah. all downhill from there. It's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's been a wild one, been a truly wild one. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, you know, we could talk about this, I'm sure for like basically forever. Um, <laughs> let me, uh, let me read some donations real quick. Um, we got Michael Zurich with the $1. Thank you, man, for your support. He says, uh, as much as losing Julio hurts and it sucks considering his legacy with Atlanta, I've been kind of offended at the lack of confidence fans seem to have in Ridley to potentially step up. Uh, I trust in Calvin. Uh, I do agree with you guys that this was kind of out of character for Julio. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Calvin Ridley can be a very good wide receiver one. I don't know that he's ever going to be like a Julio Jones level wide receiver one. So maybe that's where so I know like Eric is, you know, kind of more on the fence of like, you know, he's not going to replicate what Julio did. He could be a wide receiver one, I think, but um, being a Julio Jones wide receiver one, that's very hard to get. Maybe Kyle Pitts can be there. But throw me under the bus like that. Well, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're the one, and I'm sure he's talking to you. Eric hates Calvin Ridley. <laughs> I you're, the, you're, first. you're the Calvin Ridley hater. Oh, you know, my God. Is the Matt Here Ryan we go. Hater. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, I, I was in the podcast earlier. I was giving Frank Darby like all the props. I was like, <laughs> Frank Darby greater than, greater than, greater than anyone. No, <laughs> I was like don't, don't print that. Don't print it. 
Okay. Yeah. Somebody get on that, please. Get the quotes pulling for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're thinking about like you think about all the weapons that they still have. Calvin Ridley still have Russell Gage, who I who I do think is going to have a good 2021 year. I like Russell Gage a lot. Um, and then Kyle Pitts, you got him too. You have Hayden Hurst still, and I think. When you look at what Arthur Smith is going to do with the offense, I think they're in a better position than they were last year with Dirk Cutter calling plays. Yeah. yeah there's still, I, there's still plenty of weapons. Absolutely. There's yeah. no question with that. You know, Ridley is, is still a great receiver. Kyle Pitts, um, Hayden, it, this, this elevates the responsibility level for Hayden Hurst, definitely, um, mm-hmm. in this situation. But, man, it would have been good to just see Julio, Ridley, and Pitts trot out on the field on first down on the very first play of the game against the Eagles in week one. That would have been lovely to see. We can't have nice things. Yeah, Honestly, truly would have been the best experiment to see how defensive coordinators, like, planned that yeah. like we, we, like how do you game plan against that like do you throw the kitchen sink at them or do you come in with like only one very specific thing that you know you can do very well against? <laughs> I, guess, I don't I guess, know I guess that secondary as well oh my god that would have been fun to watch can't have nice things no we can't we're not allowed so all right well, let's talk there's been a lot of you know stuff floating around about potential destinations for Julio. Um, so let's talk about some of those and which ones maybe make sense. Uh, assuming he is traded, because there's a chance that it still doesn't happen. You know, it seems like that chance is, you know, <laughs> going away more and more with every day. But, you know, 28 to 3 happens. So don't tell me nothing. You know, don't tell me it's impossible. Is what oh, I'm trying God, to say. Kevin. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess Why? to me, like, my... Uh, <laughs> My ideal partner, and what we welcome in, Director of Guest Personnel, Evan Birchfield, who I know has been work. He's been working the phones hard to get Julio on. I, I set them. I sent him on that a few days okay. ago. I told him, gets, told him he couldn't sleep until Julio got on. So, he gets on. Uh, he gets on the show looking like Ian Rappaport. With a yeah. On there. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, moves. how is three days without sleep going, Evan? You heard from Julio yet? <laughs> uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. He well, keep on that, buddy. Call. Yeah. Julio, well, you got Julio, JB and Hawkins, so you can get a couple hours, I think. So. Julio, Julio's calling him, trying to get on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're yes, booked. Uh, we're booked, Julio. Yeah, we're booked sorry, up. Sorry. Julio. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, we're talking about trade destinations for Julio. So I'll go first with mine. Um, and you know, I've mentioned on Twitter as well that I think you know, the Patriots are certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, Mostly because of the presence of J.C. Jackson, who we know the Patriots want to move the cornerback. Um, he's under his sec- uh, second round restricted free agent tender, so his salary, you know, is in that three to four million range. It's not prohibitive to acquire him. Um, so if the Falcons are looking for a second plus, because if they were able to get a first, the deal would probably already be done, honestly. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. You know, maybe they just aren't going to announce it until the deal can become official. You know, after June first, we don't know. But assuming that's not an option. I think they're looking for a second plus, and I think the Patriots can offer maybe the best plus in addition to the second with someone like J.C. Jackson, who they want to move, who fills a need for Atlanta, who would immediately become, you know, at at worst their second best cornerback, um, and who isn't prohibitively expensive. Um, So that's that's you know a a spot that I like. Uh, Tori, where any any teams come to mind for you? Oh, yeah. I love the idea of Julio going to the 49ers, but I don't know if they can make that work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they I don't, don't have the draft I really picks. Don't, yeah. I, they have the draft picks, but they don't have the cap. And that's yeah. and I don't think that the Falcons are going to be in a situation where they're going to want to take on Julio, like a portion of Julio's like base salary. Like The whole mm-hmm. point of doing this is to get into a better position with the salary cap. And, and by still having Julio on the books in 2021, it's just kind of like, 
well, then why'd you do all this to begin with? Right. right. Um, I think the Chargers have quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have the means to take on Julio's base salary and then some, if I've yeah. done my calculations correctly. They're a young team. They're in L.A., which we know Julio likes L.A., um, which, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's not really one reason or not to take to go somewhere. But, I mean, I like that. And then, of course, the Ravens have always kind of been – in the background kind of you know chirping here and there no pun intended uh but i, I do know that they did contact the falcons um around the draft i'm pretty sure it's before the draft and, and we're kind of in talks then but they never really went anywhere and then the ravens go and draft some wide receivers they move some mm -hmm. things around after the draft and i don't i don't necessarily see them being uh, uh, able to kind of take on julio right now so those are some of the teams that i've kind of been looking at over the course of the last probably week or so yeah 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 those ones make sense to me as well uh eric did you have any teams in mind that, that you were thinking were the the top possible uh destinations so uh, i'm i know julio is not going to have much to do with this when it comes to team destinations but he says he wants to win right and we all know he wants to win the super bowl so he said he wants to win, so he wants to go to a team where that's likely a Super Bowl contender. So, in my opinion, that X's out the Chargers because how close are the Chargers to a Super Bowl title than the Falcons are right now with Julio? Yeah. Right. So, I that's that's one team that's off the list. And to be quite honest with you, I think I'm taking Tennessee off that list too because Tennessee is not <laughs> – They were one of the rumored ones, right? They but, were one yeah. of the rumored ones. But if I'm Julio Jones and I'm looking at this as I only want to go to Super Bowl contenders – Tennessee is not a team that's like, oh, my God, like they are right there. Right. They're, I, they're not that much closer to a title than Julio in Atlanta, in my opinion. That's that's just my opinion. Um, so we're going to if we're going to throw out some teams names, of course, the Patriots is the first one that comes to the to the top of the list. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots do this because it continues on with their aggressive offseason. They spent the most guaranteed money in NFL history and for agency this all season. Um, so I, I can see them going that route. Uh, my only thing is I love Cam Newton, but. <laughs> well, the only thing that maybe matters for this is that Julio loves Cam Newton. And if Cam, he's like, I'm good with going to the Patriots, then that's all that matters really. If they're, Cam, if they're and even a then second, you may not have that much of a choice. If the Patriots well, are offering something, the Falcons aren't really right. to yeah. right. Right. Pass up on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so New England definitely comes to the top of the list there. Baltimore, I want to throw them out there, but the fact that they drafted two receivers fairly high and they have high hopes in both of those receivers, yeah. it kind of cramps the style a little bit as far as trading for Julio Jones because now, now you're going to have a log jam at receiver mm -hmm. and you don't even have the type of office of scheme to – keep that type of depth of receivers there. Like you, you're going to have four or five great targets, but you're scheming, you're, you know, you're running the ball 40 times a game. So it's going to be, it's going to be kind of yeah. like almost, almost pointless a little bit to have Julio. I think there. honestly, considering that the, like those talks before the draft didn't even take off at all was the reason why they went after those guys. They, they got those yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that changed everything at that point. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I mean, the Patriots is definitely out there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins needs to get a grip. He's not going to Arizona. Sit down. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs don't have the cap space. They don't need Julio. So you guys can stop with that too. 
he already said on air he's not going to Dallas, which would be kind of stupid for Dallas to trade for a guy. <laughs> Dallas does have this obsession with just getting as many wide receivers as possible. <laughs> so I won't rule it out. I won't rule it out. But uh, yeah. what about Green Bay, huh? You know they got they got to do something to lure Aaron Rodgers, you know, back into the, the organization. Here's my thing with Green Bay. Green Bay is already a Super Bowl contender now, and Aaron Rodgers still wants out. That tells me that he doesn't he he's not looking at the team and saying, "Man, we need to improve," because he already knows that they can win 13, 14 games. They've been to the last two NFC title games, so he knows that they're right there. This is a total different ball of wax for Aaron Rodgers. He wants out because he doesn't like the GM upstairs. And he doesn't like <laughs> he just he doesn't, doesn't like, like them. Yeah. He doesn't like the head coach on the sideline. So if I'm Julio Jones, I'm looking at that situation and saying, well, hold on, let's wait on that because I don't even know if Aaron's gonna be there. Right. Yeah, but you know, if I'm having a fight with the GM and he goes out and he buys me Julio Jones, <laughs> he gets me a Ferrari, you know. Me, even if it's got a couple him, thousand miles on it, I'm not going to be that upset. Yeah. I'm 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 buying him flowers. I'm taking to a steak <laughs> dinner, you know. We're we're, <laughs> we're we're patching things up, man. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I I just, <laughs> I, just, I don't think that relationship is is um it, it can be healed. I think that is really like there's they are really at odds, like personal odds in Green Bay right now. It's to the point where Aaron Rodgers is actually considering retiring. Like that's that's where they're at. Um, so right now, I, like I said, the Patriots is definitely. Um, I can't even really think of any more other two bowl contenders that can really, you know, feasibly go out and get him. He's going to have to go to a team that is a playoff contender. To right. be quite honest with you, because all the super all the Super Bowl contenders are already they're set, and most yeah, of them, they don't have the cap space. Most of them don't have the money anyway, right? Mm -mm. So, yeah, he's gonna have to swallow that pride a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know possible that teams like if if teams were to sweeten the pot to some extent, you know, and go up to a first or something like that, maybe the Falcons would be like because they don't necessarily need all of the savings this year to to make it work. So if they were the Falcons are willing to you know keep a couple million. In exchange for it getting upgraded to a first, you know, maybe I, that could make I, it work. I but. think the the door is slammed on a first round pick. Like you can, yeah. I think you shocked. can forget about that. Yeah, just never forget that Bill Belichick traded a second round pick for half a season of Muhammad Sanu, and he learned his lesson. You think he's going? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, teams will be like, oh well, Bill did it, so you know, we should try. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, DW, did you have any trade destinations that you had in mind as well? Well, I just want to address one, and it's the Tennessee Titans, which um, in my mind, if he's looking at the Titans, he's thinking, oh, they've got a great OC. And I'm thinking, he's our head coach Do now. They? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he's looking at him and he says, oh, well, you know, they've, uh, uh, they've got a, a, a decent quarterback. I mean, Atlanta has a good oh, quarterback. Oh, and, oh, and then he looks at Tennessee and he says, oh, but they have a shitty defense. Julio, this is literally Atlanta. You're you already there. Fighting Atlanta. A good OC, a shitty defense, and a good quarterback. Why are you leaving for Tennessee? Like, that's, 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 that's my, that's my, my point, too. That is my point. I'm right there with you. Like, he's not – like, these are – It's just – it's dumb. The, like, why is Tennessee on the list? The They're teams, probably going to regress. The teams, that he's, regress. the teams that he's likely going to go to are not that much better than the Falcons right now. The not, yeah, like, that's, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why his comment being like, I, I want to win is very interesting. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, 
if you want you... my honest opinion on that, I think that was maybe a little bit of damage control. It's like, oh, I, I don't want to just like leave Atlanta. Like, I don't have a problem with Atlanta. You know, I, I just want to win. And I think it's maybe more like I have a problem with Atlanta. And he just doesn't want to necessarily like say it like that. I and, like, I win. guess you know, I'm going thank to the you. Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. come on, Trevor Lawrence, let's go. All right, yeah. I mean, because again, he he can only do but so much when it comes to these trade talks. Because eventually, right. the the team is going to have to pick a destination. So yeah. he doesn't player, actually. He doesn't have a no trade clause. So like, there's not right. necessarily there's anything nothing, you can do. What but. you can do is now, if Terry Fontenot sends you to the Jets. <laughs> then the ultimate good, penalty. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's, just, yeah. And along those lines, you know, honestly, what would probably be best for Julio and maybe even for the Falcons is if they did have a problem finding a trade partner. Is mm-hmm. keep him for 2021 and then tell him, you know, we're not going to carry your salary in 2022 because he's going to be pretty expensive for a 33 year old wide receiver. The Falcons get to designate him as a June 1st cut. They get to get that cap savings. That they Honestly, they're going to need cap savings next year as well. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't talk about that enough, but 2022 is not actually in great shape for them either. Um, but then you give Julio the option as a June 1st cut that he can go choose the team he wants to go to. He want to go. Yep. And, and we get one year of Julio. We get to see the, the holy trifecta, the, the Madden offense of Julio and Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Um, and in some ways, that may be good for Pitts, where it takes some pressure off him having to deliver as, as a top-end receiver immediately. It gives him a bridge year to year two with where Julio's taking some of that pressure off. Um, I, I you know, flip a coin as to whether or not that's going to happen. But right. in, in my I mind... Like that, I like that idea, though, because <laughs> realistically, if you think about it, you can, they can make it work with, with Julio still on the team. They yes. can make the salary yes. cap yes. work if they wanted to. And I think it's really yep. interesting because it's like we can talk all day long about the salary cap, the salary cap, salary cap. And while it is an issue, 110%, a lot of times I think a lot of teams use it as an excuse and not like it, it, that it can be worked around. Right. And it's yep. like why you don't go after someone. Oh, it's the salary, salary cap. But it's like you can make it work. There are ways – I know it's like one way and one way only with Grady, but, like, you could make it work. If, mm-hmm. you, re- if you really wanted to, like, look at it in the way that you're talking about, we're looking ahead and being like, all right, you got one year, and then we'll do what we need to do. Like D- DW brings up a great angle mm-hmm. as far as, you know, convincing him to stay that for another year in Atlanta. But you know who I think needs to deliver that pitch to him? Arthur Blank. The guy that drafted him, the guy that has, you know, been over him for the past 10 years, the guy that probably knows him better than anybody else it within the organization, maybe outside of Matt Ryan. I know I know this is, you know, Fontenot's dealing as far as putting this whole thing together and, and executing all this. But this is where having that personal owner comes into play. This is and I think Arthur Blank is the perfect person to sit Julio down face to face and say, hey. This is why you need to be here in Atlanta in 2021. And I think that may be that may be the 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 deal right there. That may be the deal breaker. I think Arthur Blake may be the one the, the one guy that can convince him to stick around for another year. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah. I mean, you think about like the fact that this has kind of happened to a certain degree already. The fact right. that Arthur's like, hey, man, like you're going to get your contract. Like you're going to get it. Like you're talking right. a couple of years back. Like that's right. some that's a narrative that we've seen already sort of play out. So it's not inconceivable to think about it. Right. No. Yeah. And Absolutely. if they keep him around, they could they could convert part of Julio's salary along with, with Grady and because they would do you know, a June 1st cut next year, you may not get as much cap savings, but you get the cap savings. Now you get some next year and you keep your, your top receiver and avoid some of the the headaches that this entire situation has caused for this. And he, and he, and he gets a raise. He gets a, he gets a raise right there. He gets a boost in pay. Every, everybody's happy, right? (laughs) You're paid. Our offense is loaded. Brady, you get some extra money too. The fan base is fine because Julio's saying in 2021, everybody's happy. Imagine if that's like how all of this actually transpires, where all of it is like, all of it's for naught. Like the last like month, the last like week of everything is just like, <laughs> screw it. Like we're going to keep Julio around. I would literally just throw I my would, I will start smoking. <laughs> I will randomly, I will go to a Seven Eleven and get me a box of uh, Newports, and I will say, you know what? This oh is my gonna god! Be, oh, this is gonna be a long Gross. season. I was. This, so this is getting so dark because because because, dark. The, because the Falcons would have to go through this for the next two or three months, and all of a sudden it's just well, he's still here. Let's just let's just play some football, guys. Like it's. Like, They've already the organization have already suffered enough, man. Like Jesus Christ. So, Kevin, and I know everyone knows over the cap, but just some quick numbers. If you convert ten million of Julio's salary um, to a bonus this year, you can save about seven million in salary cap. Convert Grady, and you have more than enough money for your rookie cap, uh, rookie class, and you can carry some of that over into twenty twenty two if you need to. And you can still do a June 1st cut of Julio and save an additional $9 million on the 2022 cap. So there is a way, like Tori said, yeah. Yeah. Again, you can make it work. The cap is not an excuse anymore. You yeah. can make no. it work. The there are so many ways. We can start up, yeah. adding void years and get weird with it if we need to. <laughs> like, there, there are lots of options out there. Like, you know, I don't necessarily want to do the math on that because that oh, no. sounds terrible. But, you know... Um, like there are there are so many options. Like that's why always the idea that like they had to get rid of Julio for salary reasons was never something that I really believed because I was like there's you know massively better ways to do this. And we talked about it on the show. Like you could extend Grady Jarrett. That would probably be the easiest one. Um, you know, or you could restructure Grady Jarrett, or you could restructure Julio. Or there's a couple players you could, you know, unf- I mean, I wouldn't want to move on from Matt Gona necessarily, but like he's you know. That second round tender is not, you know, necessarily guaranteed until the start of the year. So you could save money there. You could make other cuts. You could do it that way. I mean, there's there's ways to do it. Not, you know, some of them are more fun than others, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, it, the idea that you had to get rid of Julio to sign the draft class was never something that held water. Um, so, you know, it they could, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, at this point, 
it's almost like you want them to wait to see if they could get more value because, you know, with everything that's going on, it seems very, you know, sketchy. Um, they could wait until the end of training camp to try to get a deal done because there's always the chance it happens every year of training camp injuries that could convince a team to be like, well, we weren't really that interested, but now we are <laughs> like now we need to. Um, it may be in the best bet for the, if they're, if that's what they're looking for, for more value, they're probably better off waiting until then. Right. Um, but again, you don't know. I mean, <laughs> Julio is already going on a national televised show and pushed the narrative a little bit that he wants out. So you never know what can happen next week. Hell, he might yeah. go, he might host first tape next week and say, <laughs> I want to leave. Like you just never know. Um, but it's God, I it, hope not. <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. But at this point, Tori, like anything, I don't know. anything is on the table right now. Uh, hell, he might throw out the first pitch and for the next Braves game and just say, I. <laughs> Grab the microphone. I want to leave. I don't want to do this anymore. Just... Yeah. Yeah. It's... Honestly, like what you're saying, there's not a good timeline for this. Like, you it know, isn't. like I feel like normally you have a, a an idea of like, okay, when things are going to happen and everything. I don't, I don't think anybody has a good read on it. I, I yeah. really don't. The there's best... not anyone who I've talked to who can tell me like, oh, it's going to happen next week. Or, right, oh, it's right. going to happen in two months. The best time for any of this to happen was before the draft. Right. Because at that time you had an opportunity to say, okay, we're trading Julio. This alters the draft strategy a little bit. Other teams had chance to alter their draft strategy a little bit. That was the best time to do it. When that ship sailed, it's almost like as the days go on, the less lesser and lesser it is of him getting traded. Yeah, and that so, that's pro- that's why it was so diff- the timing of this in general was bad because they can't trade him until June first. Like they can't officially do it until June first. Like, and I'm pretty sure Shannon and Julio didn't discuss that when they were texting each other. Like, man, we should do this. <laughs> yeah, we should. This, Let's this do is it. Perfect time. No, yeah. it's not. Good yeah, time. and it's like you know, like somebody mentioned in the chat. You know, he he was he seemed very confident when he said, you know, I'm out of there. And it was like yeah. the guy in the chat was like, oh, does he know that he the trade is already agreed to in principle? Like. You know, there is a chance that the trade has already been agreed to and they just will not process it until June 1st. Like, so just 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 saying all this. I mean, we didn't even know like half the story until like Julio blurted it out on national TV. And apparently everyone in the NFL knew this since March. So, like, you know, I'm just saying it's very possible we don't know anything yet. (laughs) So if if that's the case, why agree to go on Undisputed to talk about you getting traded? There's, I mean, I, if, there's if you, not a lot if of you logic already know, in any of this. Yeah, yeah. Because, because originally they wanted to talk about him going to Dallas, where if he knows in the back of his mind, like, bro, I'm already going to get traded to the Ravens on June 2nd. Why do I need to go on the speed to talk about getting traded to Dallas? See, well, now, he, now he went now, on and said he wasn't officially not going to Dallas. So maybe that led, that throws gasoline on that he already knows where he's going. It's, almost, it's, yes. it's <laughs> almost pointless. In my opinion, it's pointless to do something like that if you already know where you're going to get traded. Because now you're unveiling something something that you're probably not supposed to just so you can help Shannon Sharp out in ratings. It's, it's almost pointless. So I just, yeah. I, I mean, I think the whole thing was pointless. So I guess that job, this me whole thing was stupid. <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't get what you guys are trying to do, but whatever. I mean, are, are we trying to analyze, uh, Shannon Sharp, because I feel like that's yeah. a black hole. No, I, I'm not. I don't have time. We don't have enough time on this pod for sure. Yeah, that, he's needs, not going to go to a good place. He needs to, he needs to apologize. I will say that. I he think he will apologize. before too long. So he needs the Falcons to apologize in the NFL are not happy. Yeah. 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 
That's and then true. You, you're from mm-hmm. the state of Georgia and you do this to the home team. Like that's come on, man. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah, cold, dude. That that's right. That's, it's not nice. <sighs> not very nice at all. All right, we got a ten dollar donation from Andrew Ray Maloles. Uh, Andrew, man, thanks so much for your donation. We appreciate you. He says, big fan, been reading the blog for years. Just started listening to the podcast and the show uh, religiously over the past few months. I just want this JJ nightmare to end. Hopefully we get a good return for him. You guys can use this donation. Put it towards your new uh, replacement jerseys because uh, you can't do Julio <laughs> ones anymore. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Andrew. We do appreciate you watching the show. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to, you know, We'll have to get on George Costanza to get those jerseys in for us to help us, you know, get over the finish line there. But uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, we—I missed one from Corey Carter earlier. I apologize. With another five dollars, he said, uh, "Well, I guess now we know why we didn't go quarterback. It seems like Pitts was drafted to replace Julio and not to play with him." So he says, "Maybe we could uh, trade Julio to Cleveland," and he's no. thinking a third and a fourth. <laughs> no, because you know Cleveland loves Julio. You know Cleveland, they don't Cleveland think he's fine. better than Jarvis. You know, yeah, they have Jarvis. He can Landry. be their They're wide good. receiver three, right? Because yeah, Jarvis Landry is the wide receiver. Why the hell would they need Julio? They're, yeah. they're loaded at receiver with Jarvis Landry. They don't need that guy. Oh man, Brown fans are weird. Well, you know they, they've tasted relevance for the first yeah. time in like thirty years, so you know I don't yeah. you know blame them for trying to get out on the twitters. But they win yeah. one playoff game in thirty years, and now Jarvis Landry is better than Julio Jones. All right, whatever, dude. You know, when you've been cooped up that long, the takes just start flying, you know, just they, they go crazy. Nothing to lose. They got yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, speaking of compensation, I know we talked about, you know, some seconds, some seconds and players and stuff like that. But for you guys, for you to make the trade, not saying you think this is what they will get or not, for you to pull the trigger on a Julio Jones trade, you know, knowing everything we know, what sort of compensation would you want minimum? Uh, going forward, Tori, I'll what? let you answer that first, but oh, so then I'll let Eric go. But no, no, I already, I mean, I, if I'm looking at it, I would want the team to take on the full base salary. That to mm-hmm. me is like a, almost a non-negotiable. Um, yes. And I think that I know that Terry Fontenot is really wanting those draft picks. And I, I get that absolutely. But if it means getting a third rounder instead of a second rounder or whatever. I, I think that if the there's $5 million that they got to play with, like just, just, just go ahead and get him off the books. If you can, I know, I know that's tough. And I know that there are a lot of people who've been like, no, take the draft picks. And I mean, I want that. Like, I would love to see the draft picks taken as well. Like, of course, but at the end of the day, I also think that there are a lot of teams looking at those conditional picks. So if Julio goes out and plays in 12 games, then you then the Falcons get a second rounder or but if Julio goes out and only plays in six or seven games they get a third or fourth rounder I think there are a lot of conditional stuff being thrown out there too so um to me just get him off the books now like that take on his whole salary um and, and then go from there that's one of the the things that I'm looking at as like that to me is really important yeah yeah, I agree. That makes a lot of sense to me. They the salary is the thing that they would, you know, that would really benefit them the most and I think, you know, so yeah, to me that's also where I would kind of start negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Eric, where where are you at? What's what compensation are you asking for minimum? Are we are we talking realistic or <laughs> Well, I mean, if you were no, we're talking about you. Like if you were Terry Fontenot and you held the keys, you know, what would you what would be your minimum compensation to consider? Two firsts. Two firsts. Oh, okay. Well. Wow. <laughs> 
So you're not trading Julio. That's me in a good mood. Yeah. You're right, DW. Yeah. yeah, I'm in a good mood. Two yeah. firsts. Honestly, I guarantee you Terry's on the phone like, give me a first or bust. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I guarantee want, you he's asking for a first or he's going to You want the phone, Julio but. Jones? You want to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. I want two firsts. Meet yeah. me halfway. What's up? Well, I mean, he literally said when they were doing the whole like trade, like uh, like negotiating trading a trading down potentially. Yeah. He literally said, "You have to blow my socks off." You can't tell me yeah. he's not saying the exact oh. same thing. Now that hey, man, look, that's what gives me hey, confidence. Hey, you like, know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm in a bad mood because my receiver just went on undisputed and embarrassed my organization. So you know what? Two first. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a hard. <laughs> ass. I'm gonna be a hard ass about it. Yeah. And Two take first. all of his base salary. That's and it. all of his base salary. Yeah. Damn yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Being no, generous. I mean, but real, realistic here, I, I do think what, what transpired hurt the trade talks a little bit for the Falcons. Um, and I, I just can't see myself part because I know that a healthy Julio Jones is still the best yes. receiver in the league. And I think him being healthy, even at 32, you go back to last year, the nine games he played, he was still productive. He was still averaging 85 yards a game. Yes, so, which so this, for the record is almost as much as Calvin Johnson – average right. game in his entire career right so i know <laughs> so i know i know this is i'm not trading you a washed receiver i'm trading you julio freaking jones man mm-hmm. so to settle for just a second i want a second and a reasonable player at least if you can give me that jc jackson was you know was was a great option um i mentioned earlier possibly if they want to go to if he wants to be traded to tennessee Let's see. Let's see what how bad they want Julio. I want yeah. Jeffrey Simmons. Right. Want, let's do it. Yeah. I want a second round pick in Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think we're going to look at some of those types of offers for sure. Um, no. But yeah, and, and that's the thing about it is like how Terry played the fourth pick uh, and didn't budge on you know wanting premium compensation for that pick gives me confidence that he it like. I think he made a good faith agreement with Julio that he was going to try to move him, but I think he probably also made it clear, like, we're not just going to trade you for anything to get you out of here. Like, you, you like it has that to be, GM. like, a reasonable offer. Like you, you like that in your GM. You know that he's not going to just move for anything. Yeah, I don't. I think if he was going to trade Julio for anything, like, he would have done would've it. Had something done else. it already. But yeah. he's going to play this hardball, and I think if they don't get the offer they want – by June first, you know they'll 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 try to wait. You know they'll they'll try to move other money around, and they'll hold on to Julio and try to trade him. You know during training camp, and if that doesn't work, they maybe will try to trade him during the season. You know that's still an option too up until the trade deadline. Um, that could be another you know option. Uh, but yeah, for me it's it's a second plus. So I'm looking for a second plus a player minimum, or a second plus you know another day two pick. You know I guess a third would be some you know something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think realistically, you're you're getting a second and a, a player, you know, a good player like like J.C. Jackson, for example. That that's a good player. He could easily be the cornerback one in Atlanta. Um, and I love A.J. Terrell. You know, Terrell and J.C. Jackson would be an actually really good tandem. Um, I, you know what? I I I thought of another one. Uh, the the Colts have some decent cap space right now. It's not a whole lot. But I think they may be able to make some movement around it and possibly pull the trigger on the trade like this. They already traded for Carson Wentz this offseason. So, you know, they don't have a they don't have a first or second next year, but they have a third. Why not a third and Kenny Moore as a slot corner who's just yeah. coming off a career year in interceptions? I mean, I, that to me, I, I think that's a that's a good move there, too. Right. But, I mean, if if the Falcons can get, you know, a premium player that's on a cheap contract that could maybe lessen the draft compensation. You know, you could 
you know, you can just make it, but it needs to be like a similar value to like, you know, a second right. and a player or like a better player and a third, you know, there, yeah. there's, you know, different permutations that could work, but uh, yeah, DW, what's, what's your ideal compensation? What are you asking for? <clears throat> I call up the Patriots. I get JC Jackson, um, a second round pick, a conditional third or fourth round pick based on whether they make the playoffs or not. And I get, Bill Belichick to admit that he cheated in Super Bowl 51. Damn right. <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? You know what? Forget that. Am I salty? Yes, no. I'm salty. No. Am I still mad? No. Yes. You know what? We're going to be jerks. I want the title. <laughs> I want the trophy. Super Bowl. I want Might you as well to admit. For it all. <laughs> I want you to admit that the Super Bowl was over at 28 to 3 and you give us the trophy and you can have Julio. I don't care. All right. <laughs> This is hard-hitting analysis right here. That's right. We're going to be jerked about it. You just embarrassed me on national television, dude. You're not going to get away with this. Kev, I warned you at the beginning that I was drinking and it was going to get weird after an hour. And we're, oh, we're yeah. an hour in and it's we getting weird. And I'm, I'm not drinking. I'm drinking water. This is raw. <laughs> DW, you have like one of the same cups that I do. It's the, the final year Georgia Dome Cup. Uh, right. You have like a, I think you have a different game one than I do. Mine has yeah. like Matt Ryan on it, but yeah, that that's cool. I haven't seen anyone else with these cups, so you know, shout out to the final year in the Georgia Dome, the best year, by the way. Yes. So. I'm also partly drinking my tears as I yes. cry. Yes, that's why it keeps filling up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did anyone else have a, have a word about the trade compensation? Anything else on the Julio Jones before we uh, move on to our next topic? No, I'm done. I got it all. Okay, you got the venom out. We're, I'm sure we'll be talking about it every week until it happens. So, right. you know, if you guys have more questions about Julio or anything like that, I'm sure we will uh, be be getting to that. But I know um, Javian Hawkins is almost ready to come on, so we'll be getting here him here in a minute. Uh, Tori, I didn't know if you wanted to hang out for for Hawkins or if you needed to take off. I uh, need to take off. I have another call for a another call, man. In like, Just booked in like up. fifteen minutes, so I, I am gonna pop off. But Absolutely. it's always yeah. great talking yeah. to you guys, um, and I'll listen in to y'all to y'all talking to Javi. <laughs> I know we I know you can multitask. The, yeah, I know I haven't had the chance to talk to him yet, so y'all are getting the scoop. I mean, I love it. Absolutely, it's great. <laughs> yes. But we appreciate well, you him, working this in. Yeah. He, ask him how he likes uh, Arthur Smith and uh, yelling at him all the time and holding him accountable. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard he's pretty intense in practice, and I've seen right. it a couple of times. So. Yes, we will ask about that for sure. Thank you again for 100%. coming on. We appreciate awesome. you making yeah. time. Uh, Y'all I'm have sure a good we'll one. have you on again Thanks, soon. So have a great night, Tori. Yes, anytime. <laughs> yes, yep, that was Tori McElhaney, guys, uh, at Tori underscore McElhaney on Twitter uh, of The Athletic. Great coverage there of the Falcons. Um, and, yeah, Evan, I guess uh, if you want to let Hawkins know that he can pop in, we can uh, – Get him in whenever okay. he's ready, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, also, on the falcolic.com, if you get bored after the show, I interviewed him. Yeah, um, that's true. In that article. That's right. So. Yep. Evan, so, you've been killing it with these interviews, buddy. Oh, yeah. We appreciate it's it. Like, it's like a drug. Like, I'm addicted to just trying <laughs> just to get the next to one. Addicted to getting it's awful. Players. Oh, oh, God. Yes. I thought he was just doing this for fun. Now he's addicted to it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the I, rush. Like, I, yeah. Right. The, the like, thrill of the sale. I'll have a day to myself, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to get on this. Wednesday's coming up quick. <laughs> yes. All and, right. then, and then Kevin goes on vacation. I'm like, okay. Oh, what am I going to do with myself? Yeah, but, it's, yeah, <laughs> but Evan, Evan's being, he's being bashful here. The phone didn't stop ringing during that, that week. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Evan was still a busy man, as he always Matt Ryan was calling. When can I get on the show, Evan? 
Yeah, he's turning he's turning yeah. people away. He told Arthur Blank to hold his horses a little bit. You're gonna have to mm-hmm. wait here, buddy. Yeah, can't get on right yeah. now. All right, we got <laughs> yeah. Before Javin comes on, let me get another one from Corey Carter here. Another five dollars, Corey. Corey's taking on the mantle of George Costanza tonight with a lot of donations. I apologize, I missed one of his earlier. I don't think it came through right. So, uh, Corey says. I worry that Arthur Blank may have helped to create this problem by being too personally involved in the Julio situation, you know, saying Julio would be a Falcon for life and such like this. And now Arthur Blank is the one that's going to be the most, the most hurt by, you know, Julio spurning the team. Didn't Julio yeah. say that also? What? Didn't Julio say he was going to be a Falcon for life also? Maybe. Yeah. Who yeah. There was a lot of people was, saying that. Yeah. Lamar, that was Lamar, never that a good was idea. 20, yeah. 2019, I think, right? Lamar, and then Lamar Blank Jackson. said that – Julio said that Blank's word is as good as gold or something. Mm-hmm. something. Lamar Jackson just came out and said, I want to be a Raven for life. Who doesn't say that? Everybody says right, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> great for an owner to say it right because it's like, you know, it means especially nothing. during it negotiations. Means, it means yeah. absolutely nothing. It does. Everybody says it. Yeah. It means you'll be here next year. Yeah. Yes. For, you know, life asterisk, you know, until you know, such a time that's deemed that, you know, you're, no, you will no longer be here. So, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, and he's, he's almost here. He had to download the, uh, the app. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. We're very complicated here at the Falcoholic live. You know, you have to download an app and go through a security <laughs> checkpoint. You know, you got to, you know, go put your, put an antivirus on. Did he, uh, <laughs> did he get cleared by the CIA yet? Did yeah. we get that CIA clearance yet? Dave Cho is very serious when it comes to security. So, <laughs> but know. if I can plug real quick, the there w- I did some of the other undrafted free agents, and obviously um, one of them I don't want to call him out was cut recently, so that's probably not important to read. But some of the other ones, like the there's a lot of guys who you know, unlike last year where they didn't really get an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, they're really excited to just be on the field because I think that got lost in the mess last year is like there was so many undrafted free agents who didn't even get to be in a practice because they were cut like virtually, which is rough. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Last year was so tough for undrafted free agents. The Falcons didn't even bring in that many also, you know, so it was like, it was just mm-hmm. tough both ways. And the I think that was the first year in several that no UDFAs made the team last year. Um, so <clears throat> big, sad for sure. Uh, but yeah, this year I think it's going to be a lot different. I think we're going to see at least one, um, probably more. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons signed like twenty. I mean, it was like the biggest UDFA class of any team. So I mean, they're serious about uh, getting some some contributors here. So I think uh, at least one or two uh, on defense specifically. There's a couple good ones. Um, not that I've talked to, but just from watching some film on them, because for some reason I like undrafted free agents. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I think fun. it's the underdog thing. Yeah. But um, on offense also, it's like running backs really interesting with JV and Hawkins and also Caleb Huntley, who I uh, did a Q&A with like a couple weeks ago or whatever. Like he's really interesting player too. And it's not like we're super loaded at running back to where – one of these guys can't make the roster. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think, you know, and we'll talk to him about it. Like this is a really good opportunity. And I assume, you know, that may have been, you know, part of, of the reason he decided to come uh, to Atlanta in particular, because, you know, we all expected the Falcons to go after a running back. Um, and the fact that he didn't, <laughs> the, the fact that the Falcons mm-hmm. didn't go after a running back left the door open for, 
an undrafted player to, you know, pretty easily make the roster. He doesn't have to necessarily beat several, you know, veterans or anything like that to get on the team. And I think he yeah. also uh, fits what they need in a big way. Well, and look at the current situation. You know, you've got Mike Davis, what, two-year contract? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, uh, Allison, who I think is in year three. So he's got two years. Um, and it, it's, it is a perfect opportunity if you're a young running back to come in mm-hmm. and to try to earn a spot because they don't have anyone that they have committed to long-term. And even Mike Davis's contract is a one-year plus is what that amounts to. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid for one year, and they have a bailout after if they want to get out after year two. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're a young running back, this is a perfect situation. You've got a, a offensive coordinator who – uses running backs very effectively in that wide zone scheme. You've got guys ahead of you who the team has no real loyalties to. They're not explicitly loyal to Quadri Olison. He was drafted by the prior regime. Um, yeah, this is – if I'm a running back, the Falcons is one of those situations where you feel like you have a legit opportunity to come in, make the roster, and more importantly, if you're good enough, make contributions during the season. Yeah, absolutely. All One right. thing and that also speak. benefits. Yeah, he's oh, trying to get in right now, here. so let me let him in real quick, and then we can continue. But uh, one second, folks. Appreciate that. And we have now joining us JV and Hawkins. JV, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Am I saying your name right, first of all? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of people won't say it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure, you know, because I've I've been on you know some shows where I've heard people you know pronouncing players' names wrong, and like I try try to say the right name, and then they still don't say it right, and it's just like wow, you know, you could at least try. So uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. No, I appreciate y'all for having me. Absolutely. Well, I know Evan. You've already had a chance to talk to Evan. Uh, we also have with us tonight uh, David Walker. And my co-host, Eric Robinson. I am Kevin Knight. I know you can't see me. That's totally normal. Don't worry about that. Um, so, uh, again, we appreciate you. Am I supposed to see you? Yeah, no. It's like a complicated streaming thing. Like, my camera can't go two places at once. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not your problem. It's my problem. So He's not that pretty. You're not missing yeah, much. Yeah, you're not missing much. Yeah. I'm the voice hey, for radio. Y'all yeah. good? Yeah, very good, man. Yeah, it's good. good night here. Uh, you know, obviously we're, you know, dealing with all the Julio Jones stuff. So it's actually nice to get a break from that, to talk to an up and coming young player, uh, to get our, our minds off of the Julio situation. So thank you again for going on. Um, yeah, well, I know, um, you've been working out with the team, you know, uh, I've been seeing, you know, some pictures and some shots on, on Twitter of you. So how has that been for you, you know, to get in there and actually get, get to get some work in with the Falcons? Honestly, man, it's a blessing. It's just a dream come true, you know. Like, I'm out on that grass, you know, at the next level, the highest level that of football. So, like I said, it's fun, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, it's. I can only imagine, you know, as as someone who's been to training camp, the energy is really a lot of fun, even for someone staying on the sidelines. So I can only imagine, you know, get to the getting to the pinnacle of your craft. Uh, must be an amazing experience. So I'm, I'm really glad you get get a chance to experience that with my favorite team. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I know Evan did ask you about it in his interview, but yeah, for folks that haven't had a chance to read it yet, you, how did you come to choose the Falcons? I know you had several offers you were considering. Uh, You know, it just, I felt like it was the fit. Honestly, not scheme-wise, team-wise, anything. It was just the energy, you know, like, like I said, Drew said Atlanta, and I was like, come on, let's go. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I love Atlanta, the city. You know, I don't know if you had, had a chance to be uh, to hit, hit up Atlanta before you actually got signed by the Falcons, but it's a cool city for sure. So yeah, I got some uh, boys that I played in college with from down here, so I've been around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to open the floor to the rest of you guys if you guys have other questions you you have for for Javian as well. Uh, so prior to OTAs, we heard about Arthur Smith and his personality, but as OTAs have uh, transpired, we've heard that he's kind of been a little fiery out there on that field. So kind of describe what you've experienced so far with Arthur, Arthur Smith. Uh, honestly, just a great vibe. Like you said, he can get fiery. I mean, his coaches, like, they passionate about their job. And you could tell he, he is very passionate about his. So, like, if we messing up or we lacking in areas, he definitely going to get on our butts. But, like I said, he just overall a great dude. Like, he come in, he put his foot down. He let everybody be themselves. That's what he preaches. Just like, y'all just be you. Don't try to do nothing extra. Just stack it a day at a time, one day at a time. All right. All right. So, you know, when you when you were when it was announced that you were joining the Falcons as a as a free agent, um, you know, we a lot of us were excited because we were pretty familiar with your skill set and you bring a different skill set than what uh, the Falcons pretty much have on board right now. So for the listeners that are not used, they haven't seen a whole lot of JV and Hawkins at Louisville. Describe what you bring to the table. Nah, I appreciate you, man. And honestly, just a dog mentality. Like, whatever there is I can do to help the team, whatever coach wants me to do, like, I just know I'm going to give it my all. So, yeah. So, I think that the fans are are excited because they, they caught a, a few glimpses here and there as far as what you can do. But I want the fans to understand that last year he had three test downs of 70 yards or more. Mm-hmm. So, when I say he's a lightning in the bottle, he's, he definitely is. Like he can, it can be a house call at any given moment. Um, so, just what is one thing you want to improve on this off season before you go into your first season as a professional? Uh, honestly, just assignment and details. Like that's what my position coach preached too. Just like you know, fundamentals. Like you could never get better. I mean, you could never not get better at the details. Just the small stuff. The small, the small stuff helped the big things happen. So, right, right. Were they? I'm pretty sure they were. They were. They put you through a lot of pass catching drills. Correct. Uh, so well, far, so far, no theories. Uh, it's just practice, like uh, in position drills. We definitely go through. We do some figure eight stuff, catching the ball and position right. work, and we do a lot of seven on seven and uh, practice and like just jog through and whatnot. So we, we honestly we just practicing, and it's a lot of passing and scheme. So a lot of the backs, we all we all in motion and getting in route. So yeah. Right. Uh, last question for me. What's one thing you've learned from Mike Davis so far? He's been a veteran in the league for a few years, and I'm pretty sure you came in wanting to pick up every piece of information you can. What's What's one thing Mike Davis has taught you already as far as being a professional running back? Honestly, I can get to know Mike more, but just watching him, like you said, I coming in, like I know he's the vet, like he's been here, he's done it, so why not soak it all in? So just paying attention to how he works and just how he moves, operates. He don't talk much, but he is a funny guy. Like, he a cool dude. So, it's great vibes with Mike. Cool, cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you're on the show. Um, and, I, and I want, hopefully, 
you know, during OTAs and when you get into training mm-hmm. camp, man, try try not to tear ACLs with your cut. <laughs> we we need we need these guys on the field to you know help win games in Atlanta. All right, so not don't try to embarrass. Yeah, if, if I was trying to cover you, that would probably happen to me. So I'm glad I don't have to be out there yet. Don't try to embarrass too many of your teammates. All right, Jaden. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just living, man. God, God, worry about all that. So we gonna be good. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah, I know it was it's interesting because you know, you, you I know uh from we had a scout on uh from NBC Sports Thor uh Nystrom who was like I think maybe your biggest fan. <laughs> um you know, he had you great as like said, who? What's his, name? his name is Thor Nystrom. He has a great name, his name is Thor. Yeah, he's a huge fan of your game. Um, if and you say he's my biggest fan, he's pretty big uh, because he was he was you know you can go back and watch our show from a couple weeks ago. He was waxing poetic about uh, your skill set, but um, you want to uh, just send it to me when we get off? Yeah, there? yeah, I can send it to you. Yeah, Bring for sure. Appreciate um, it. But yeah, he was you know talking about how a lot of people who maybe didn't know your background too well uh, were criticizing, you know, the fact that you didn't have a lot of catches in college, not realizing that you played receiver in high school. Like this is not something that you're, you know, new to, like you've caught a lot of passes in your career. Um, so I just appreciate Thor for letting us know that. And, you know, uh, I think he pointed out, you know, you had, uh, you didn't have a ton of targets, but you caught, I think like almost every single target uh, and made it look good. I might add when you did. So I also want to mention that I appreciate it. I was watching Jalen Mayfield, the offensive lineman, and then put on your tape and, you know, no offense to Jalen Mayfield, but I, I, I enjoyed your tape, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> Jalen's tape is good for an offensive lineman, but there's yeah, nothing Jaylen, like watching, you know, a dude, you know, running 80 yards downfield and outrunning everyone. So nah, I appreciate you though. I get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, DW, did you have any, any questions you wanted to add? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're coming in and you're working now for uh, Arthur Smith, you know, past two years in Tennessee, he was coaching the, one of the best running backs in football in, in Derrick Henry. So are you excited about the potential of being in the head coach uh, under a head coach that uh, maximized the potential of a, of a player like Derrick Henry got him to 2000 yards rushing in a single season. Do you feel like he's a good matchup for you from a coach and player perspective? Yeah, honestly, from the vibes I'm getting from not only him, like the coaches who I talk to more, you know, talk to less, but like I said, it's just great vibes from them all. So honestly, any, anybody who's up for the job, like I know coach going to get it done. Like he just, he ain't really BSing with nobody. He's going to tell you what it is. We out here to get it done. Like, we on we on the clock. Let's work. And I, it is what it is. So, I'm excited to be under him, man. I am. And you're also coming into an offense that, you know, maybe for you maybe the first time where you're not going to have to be a featured guy. You know, you're coming in. The, the Falcons have, uh, you know, they just drafted Kyle Pitts. They've got Calvin Ridley. Uh, they've got Russell Gage, you know, out there at wide receiver. Um, does it take some pressure off you, even as, as a running back, to feel like you could come in, you can just do your part uh, as a rookie and not have to worry about trying to contribute a big load? You're, you're, you just have to do what the coaches ask you and not have to be like a, a major contributor from day one in the NFL. Honestly, it's definitely a big relief just being at this level, just like it's way different from college. It's totally different. Like everybody doing their job. So it's like it's easier to lock in on your assignment, like you said, because you're not really worrying about what's going on. Because, you know, at this level, it's crazy. I was just talking to uh, Kobe Jones about this. Like he was saying the same thing with the defense. It's like you're almost in the tunnel vision because like 
everybody got so much going on and you could just feel the energy and the vibe like everybody's just doing their job and you know they know what they're doing so yeah it definitely is big yeah and on paper the falcons don't have any running backs that they're committed to long term right now you know mike davis is under like a two-year contract uh quadriolison is a guy that you know they drafted several years ago um do you feel like this opportunity is a prime one for you to number one show off your skills show what you can do at the next level and number two you know as an undrafted free agent do what's so difficult for guys like you to do every single year which is to carve yourself out a position on a 53-man roster yeah like you said and that's what it all boils down to like just if i can get in that 53 roster like i love the hype and i know everybody excited for me and i'm excited as well but i gotta earn the spot first but like you say we got some guys to get the job done and however coach want to throw me in there if he does like i'm just i'm ready to hop in and work so i i'm excited man yeah yeah so often it is a numbers game in the NFL, and it's a cruel, harsh business. And uh, I do think you have a fantastic chance to make it here in Atlanta. Uh, you know, not just because of your skill set—that is a, a huge part of it, obviously. But um, you know, I think the math has worked out well. And the Falcons are one of the teams that are the most friendly to undrafted free agents. Almost last year, obviously being an, an outlier because of COVID, unfortunately, um, this is a team that always seems to carry at least two to three undrafted free agents. So we're all pulling for you, man. We're we're real excited uh, and hope hope you can get you out there. We can't wait to see you in preseason. Too. Too, for sure uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun i think um yeah anybody else got questions for javian tonight no nah, man I, I really don't have any more for javian i'm just excited that he's on the team just, like i said he brings a he brings a certain skill set that a lot of the falcons running backs don't have at this point you know he his speed and his agility in the open field is, is definitely a welcoming addition to the team so um yeah, real quick as far as you know practice atmospheres from the college level to here what what have you noticed the the big difference in uh definitely uh quality over quantity like you know i know you hear that a lot like it's just like i said we're on the schedule like we're here to work we ain't got time to mess up we ain't got time to be hmm. doing nothing but our assignments like we in and we out we working right yeah right. You, you speaking of speaking of college, man. You feel good about Louisville this year? How you, how you feel about your boys this year? Yeah, honestly, man, I just seen this post and we got this uh thing called the juice board. Yeah, and usually when a, when a lot of guys not on there, like it's like okay, what's going on? Like how they feeling? But today I seen it and I seen a lot of the captains up there. So like I see like they might be motivated and I think they is. So I'm I'm pulling for them. Right. I know they can do it. They just got to show me. Yeah, yeah, they they gotta they gotta find that consistency, man. But I think Statterfield's the right guy in place, man, to put put that in motion. So, um, like I said, man, glad to have you here. Um, I think I seen Evan unmute his mic. I don't know if he had a question. Go yeah, ahead, Evan. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. Oh, sure. I was well, I was saving mine for last because it's kind of dumb because I'm more of a cosmetic guy. <laughs> no, I just want to know. Dumb question. So, so, so you you are wearing 25 for the Falcons at least currently. And you wore 10 in college. Did you want to wear 10 and they just said no because it's kind of like retired, but they don't retire numbers? Or did you just want a different number? Just curious. Uh, uh, no, I ain't have any say so in it. Uh, I talked to Coach Led about oh, it. Oh, okay. Got here, we uh, we was clowning about it. He was like, what number you getting? Or they told you. I was like, nah, it really don't matter and whatnot. <laughs> I hope they don't do nothing crazy. But 25, a great fit. I mean, it's a running back number. It's a, it's a, it's a good number. It look good. No, it, it definitely is a good number. Anything yeah. in the 20s for a running back, especially. But, um, yeah, just appreciate you, you know, 
coming on and you know when one day when you're the starting running back for the falcons like don't forget about us come, come back and say hey <laughs> yeah don't no matter no matter what number you have man just make sure those defenders see the name on the back of the jersey that's all that matters right there dog. that's all that matters that's all that matters right there <laughs> well i was gonna ask because the falcons have another player named jalen hawkins i don't know if you've met him how have you guys yeah. you know have you guys figured out how you're gonna do that like how the coaches are gonna you know keep track of you guys because your names are so similar so so coach keys he um in the special teams meeting he got like my name uh my name jav and then his jay <laughs> we don't look alike but he got some features that's like my family features and it's crazy like the first, two, <laughs> the first two times i spoke to him i called them twins just because like our name everybody you, called jayhawk and we kind of you gotta like go him. with it yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah go yeah you guys should just like some one game, you know, just switch jerseys and like see if anybody, you know, realizes it. <laughs> yeah, but that, that I always thought that was interesting just to have like, cause it's, it's, it's one thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's one thing to have a player it's like. Crazy about my teammates, cause I, that's another thing coach been preaching too. Like, just know your teammates more. And I definitely can get to know them more. So, Who, yeah. who's your best friend right now? I know you've been there just like a couple, what, week or so, but who's like some of the guys you're getting to know really well? Uh, definitely our class. You know our class. That's with anything. Like who you come in with, you just around them all the time. So when you go to talking to guys, you figure them out. Uh, I know I'm Kobe Jones, like I said, and Darby, but and uh, Caleb Huntley. You know we came in, we both in running back room, so mm-hmm. we're around each other and we always helping each other. So mm-hmm. definitely those guys. I say our class in particular. Like like I said, we all what, very social. We communicate. So we've been what's, holding it down as well. What's your insight on Pitts, man? I know you've seen some. I know you've seen Kyle Pitts up close and personal, man. So what's your what's your impression of him? So he a funny dude. I mean, it's a lot of funny dudes, and I. Darby definitely number one, but Kyle, yeah, he he different. Darby go. Darby's gonna keep everybody entertained, man. That's just yeah. who he is. That's his yeah. personality, man. It don't exactly. matter. It don't matter what role he has, man. He's gonna get everybody fired up. He's gonna be the most fired up person on the field on, on game day. <laughs> definitely not our class, and then our running back room too. They pretty cool. They they give us tips and gems, you know, like they they showing us the game. So yeah, can't complain absolutely. honestly. Yeah, no, it does seem like there's a good vibe right now, and you know when you got a new staff and everything going on, you know, for us, it's always interesting to see. Uh, you know, we've asked some previous, some you know, veterans that have been around for a while. You know, how does it feel with like a new staff? Obviously, this is your first you know experience of the staff, so I'm interested to see how it goes for you guys. Um, let's see. I, I think I have. I almost forgot there. about my boy Joe. You know, oh, Joe yeah, yeah. He plays center from NC State. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, he he's Joe another cool. guy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was pushing. Uh, I was pushing. 60 pound dumbbells and he made me put them down and pick up 95s i was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like you already it's like oh no this is the nfl bro you can't you gotta gotta pump those numbers up those are rookie numbers yeah <laughs> yeah guys now nah, i appreciate y'all for having me though absolutely hey yeah, when yeah. you when you no, make the you, roster Jerry. will you come back on to celebrate so we can talk okay. more then because like i said i can't really say nothing i'm still trying to earn a spot yeah that yeah i know well We'll, we'll save a spot that spot for man. you. Yeah, don't right. worry about it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, we're all, we're all excited for you. Yep, thanks again for coming on, man. We do appreciate you. Good night. Yep, have a good night, man. Yeah, guys, that's JV and Hawkins. He is 
at the very easy to remember JV and Hawkins on Twitter. So. Hey, How about I, that? Think, I think he really he has a really good shot at making the team, man. Again, it's, so it's not it's he's not in a situation where it's three or four other guys in a room that are similar to him. He's really in a in a somewhat of a class of his own because of his skill set. And I and I think he yeah. has a chance to come in and be a great third down back. Um he's he's a home run threat, man. I'm telling you. Throw on the field. When you break oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you go ahead, go ahead. When, no, go ahead. when you break down like what you're saying about the skill set, his real competition is only Tony Brook James or Brooks James right. or whatever. Right. Right. Because it, they're right. kind of like the fast guys, whereas yeah. Mike Davis, Allison, even Caleb Huntley, um, they're the bruisers. They're the guys that want to run through you, right. you know, where, I mean, Hawkins, if you watch his film, it's insane. Some of the cutbacks, you made the joke about the ACL, but his cutbacks are insane. Like some of the yeah. highlights you watch, yeah. it's like he runs around to the other side of the fi- field. You know, there's not a guy like that. <laughs> Yeah. Patterson, I guess, you know, you could say, but he's he's a big dude, you know. The, he's not going to make those kind of crazy cuts. No, yeah. The one thing the one thing about Javian, and uh, if you go back to his 2019, was it uh, 2018 tape, if you go back, no, I'll take that back, I'm sorry, his 2019 tape. If you go back to that year, he he had a lot of inside runs. He's a, he's a type of guy, he's 5'9", maybe a buck 75, buck 80 at the most maybe. Mm-hmm. He runs. I think, it, much, yeah, 185 or something he, like that. He runs much bigger behind his pads. And you may not want to see that at the next level. But, again, <laughs> the one thing that stands out about him, and, and it's the one thing that it goes back to what I said earlier about how he's a home run threat, he takes away angles because of his agility in open field. There's one particular run he had against, I want to say, Virginia Tech last year where he housed it for, like, 80 yards and he literally had three defenders that had the proper angle on him and they were probably about six to eight yards in front of him bracing for him to reach to their particular level scoots right past him down the left sideline <laughs> untouched the guy is is able to really take a run and make it a test down no matter yeah. what he is on the field yeah. and i think in this particular offense the way it's good the play design <clears throat> is going to allow him to be in the open field a lot more. And and I think he can his that element there can really elevate the offense, help elevate the offense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really exciting fit, you know, and, and Thor, you know, I didn't want to say it because uh, I didn't want to hype him up too much. But, yeah, you know, Thor was, if he goes back and watches it, you know, Thor was saying he wouldn't be shocked if Hawkins was the actual starter by the end yeah. of the year. So, didn't, he, didn't, he say, didn't he say Hawkins was like his – top UDFA or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think he was like his top-ranked UDFA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like his RB11 or something. So he yeah. was like ahead of yeah. a bunch of guys that got drafted. That got drafted, so, right, yeah. right, right. Um, very cool, uh, very cool of Hawkins to come on and talk to us. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're pulling for him. Uh, we're pulling for a lot of the UDFAs, and we just uh, excited to see who can end up making this team because uh, it's going to be a very competitive camp, I think. Uh, very competitive camp. So yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we sign off tonight? Yeah, I think the one of the things he he talked about that we sort of gloss over, um, you know, a lot of these guys are going to have to cut their teeth in special teams. You yeah. know, we we always forget it, but it's that third component. And the Falcons, you know, you look at what they've done with you know bringing in someone like uh, Patterson this year. 
they're putting an emphasis back on special teams. Um, some of the guys they drafted this year um, are, are guys that have you know good special teams experience. And you know whether it's Javion Hawkins or some of these other guys, uh, we can never forget that. It, it's we get hyped up because we talk about offense and defense, and that's you know it's right. easy to get you know caught up in those things. Yeah. But the the deciding factor for a lot of these guys almost always comes down to what they can do as far as their contributions on, on ST. So yeah. uh, hopefully Javian can contribute there and make a difference. But uh, I, I tell you what, he's coming into a great situation uh, yeah. mm-hmm. where he doesn't have a Devonte Freeman uh, sitting in front of him. He doesn't right. have, you know, a young Todd Gurley sitting in front right. of him. He's got such a great opportunity and I'm excited for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, one, one of the thing, uh, and you know, when I was talking to him, earlier in the week and then I'm sure you guys realized it on here is how like humble he is. Like mm-hmm. he, he could feel very confident. Like DW was talking about like the situation he's coming into, but anytime you try and hype him up, he kind of slows back down. Like, well, I'm just trying to make yep. the team, make the team. Like he's a super humble guy. Um, but I'm hoping the best for him. Cause I do think like DW said, like he's coming into a great situation. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, it's just going to be nice to like actually see these guys in preseason games and not um, just kind of like, oh, well, we heard this happened in practice or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's always nice to get, you know, uh, to put a face on on a players, you know, and, and to actually get to, to know them. And I think it's, it's important mm-hmm. to help remind people that, you know, these are people, not just, you know, numbers yeah. on a field um, because, you know, when cuts come and stuff like that, like these, it, you know, we have a chance to talk to, to JV and I'm sure we'll talk to a few more guys cause Evan's, you know, working his magic, but um, you know, these are the, the type of people that, you know, we have to say goodbye to uh, because it's a harsh business and um, just want folks to remember that, you know, it, it is, it is difficult and these guys are working real hard always. Uh, and, you know, I think in, in a way they're all deserving. It's just, there's only 53 spots on a roster. Uh, at least there are bigger practice squads mm-hmm. now, but um Sure. it's harsh out there uh and we're gonna yeah that's what happened last year last year was super rough like yeah. uh, i got to know a bunch of the guys by doing my q q a article series and uh you know like you said none of them made the um mm-hmm. roster i think a couple like tyler hall and some others kind of trickled on later on mm-hmm. but a lot of them just went jobless and a lot of them still aren't on a team a yeah. couple of them, like Evan Kasarczyk, is uh, he's in the Vikings like rookie minicamp or whatever, and then Austin Edwards is with the Chiefs. But like Mikey Daniel ended up with the Panthers. But like a lot of them are still not in the NFL, and they got kind of a short stick last year. So I hope the best for them. But yeah, it's it's not easy being a undrafted free agent, and uh, Hawkins is one of the rare times where he can actually do something. So, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be watching his career with great interest uh, as the training camp gets underway. Uh, You know, we're going to be trying to get out to training camp as well if we can. Um, So we'll keep you guys posted on that. We'd like to do some shows from training camp or at least, you know, from nearby training camp if that's not allowed. Uh, (laughs) Within 10 minutes of training camp, more or less. But uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on that. But again, thank you everyone for tuning in. 
If you guys don't mind throwing a like at the show, subscribing, we really appreciate those metrics. You can check out our Patreon page. Uh, I know it's been a little quiet this month because we've been on vacation, but we will be getting back to the patron Q&As very soon. We'll have one next week, and we will also be uh, trying to work on some more content for that as well. We've got some stuff some stuff possibly coming uh, down the pike for that that I think you guys will be really got excited about. He's got, a phone, he's got a phone call he's got to take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Terry Fontenot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, Fontenot. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see if you can get him, get him on here to drop a hot take real quick. Yeah. But uh, before we sign off, I'll just leave you with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, guys, we really appreciate you. Thank you for being patient, you know, while we uh, – while I guess maybe I took vacation. I guess I can't speak for everyone else, but, um, you know. Yeah, not all of us can afford <laughs> to take vacations to Hawaii, Kevin. Like, no. Just... Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna say Hawaii, but you know, since you must did, be nice, it was very nice. nice. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna make sure to flood my timeline with all these Hawaii pictures just to make sure everyone knows how nice it was. So, <laughs> hashtag humble brag on everyone. So, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I want to thank everyone for coming on tonight. First of all, we have our uh, co-host this evening, Eric Robinson. He is at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, how are you doing? Uh, Otherwise, I'm, well, I'm, I'm so <laughs> used to saying that. Oh, my God. Uh, tell me how you're doing again and then tell me what you would like to plug. for another two hours? Yeah, like, we're, about to, we're, we're, just about to, we're just about to run it back. We're going to start over from the beginning. I'm going to start What's saying. Jerry that. Lewis marathon? Oh my God. What's going on? <laughs> Been on vacation too long, apparently. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything you'd like to plug in? Um, yeah, man. I just had uh, the recently released column on my outlook on everything that transpired recently with Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp and Undisputed and how it affects the Falcons and the trade talks. So definitely give that a look. Um, but I also want to give a tip of the cap to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith for how they've handled this so far. Um, rookie GM, rookie head coach, you know, you got the best player in franchise history, you know, putting together some type of scheme to want to get out. And they've handled this the best way possible that they can mm. as professionals. And I got to commend them a little bit because this easily could have went awry. I mean, this this could have been ugly. Because you also got to throw in the fact that they've had to deal with what they're going to do with the fourth overall pick for three or four months as well. And I'm sure that was a headache to deal with. So, again, a tip of the cap to those two guys. They've done a great job so far with how they've handled everything involving the Falcons, involving Julio Jones, involving the team and the city and organization, things of that nature. So, yeah, much respect to those guys for what they've done so far. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they've handled it pretty dang well, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week because we will be right. back next week and we'll be doing weekly going forward as long as uh, you guys keep tuning in. As, so. as long as other athletes don't get on other shows. and no. what they please want. no. Yeah, if they do that again, you know, if anybody I, else, I, if Grady I, Jarrett I goes on, you know, uh, what's another I, one of those shows? I don't I, want yeah, them. he goes on first take tomorrow. Right, and right. And he's like, what? oh, yeah, I'm headed out too. I'll be like, all right, I want to leave too. Yeah. All right, you know what? Forget this. <laughs> all right, I'm out of here, dude. I, I can't take this no more. I'm going to Kansas yep, City. Yep. Tyler Russell, I know what it is you're referring to, and I will just say lol. You know, so thank you for that comment. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we also have with us David Walker. He's at Falcoholic DW. He is the host of the excellent Falcoholic podcast. I know he just finished before coming on here a uh, recording a podcast with Tori. Uh, so you guys are going to definitely want to check that out as soon as that's live. I think that's coming out tomorrow as well. So uh, anything else you're working on you want to plug, DW? Yeah, no, we, we're going to have some off-season content on the podcast because we have to figure out something in the dead season. Yep. Um, we did have Tori on earlier. We did our first ever uh, random-ass 
predictions podcast, which was a ton of fun. Uh, Tori showed off her creative skills. Uh, honestly, I'm a little concerned because uh, you can see in Tori that she's going to quickly uh, make a big career for herself. She yeah, is quite sure. talented. Uh, she's a, a incredibly uh, good on video and, and an excellent writer. So uh, really fun to get her while she's still early in her career and hasn't moved on past us. <laughs> yeah, it's not big time in us yet. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, not not quite yet. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take advantage while we can. Absolutely. Thanks again for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Yep. Um, and then finally, but last but not least, our director of guest personnel, Evan Birchfield. He is at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, I know you just put up your art, your interview with JV and Hawkins. Any other stuff you'd like to plug tonight? No, that's it. Um, I was away for personal reasons, so I just wanted to thank you all for picking up my slack. Um, Especially DW been, and Eric, not me, because as we mentioned, we you know, I was yes, yes, Kevin, not Kevin. <laughs> we we can't but, feel your shoes, dude. We cannot feel your yeah, shoes. We're not capable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you did a good job. Um, the Falcoholics just been good to me, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> yes. Well, we appreciate. Oh, and go to the Falcoholics.com and also, read our yes, content. You know. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, do, we do have some stuff up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, we do. I yes. forgot to mention that also. Absolutely, guys. <laughs> well, guys, I am Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate you. As I said, we will be back next week, uh, and we'll be back to doing weekly. Uh, you know, we may take some more breaks because it is the dead zone. You know, we may decide that we want to take a week off here and there. But for the most part, we'll be back to normal. Um, and like I said, we'll be doing another patron Q&A probably next week at the latest uh, sometime next week. So keep an eye out for that if you're on the Patreon. Uh, and there will be more information coming out about the Patreon and non-Patreon uh, fantasy leagues because those were highly requested by everyone. So I pl- am planning to run a Patreon league for the patrons. Um and then a regular league, which will probably have some sort of, you know, contest or something for people to get into. So if you're interested in that, uh, keep an eye on the Twitter account uh, on the YouTube page to to see things. Yes, Adnan will be coming back at some point too, Tyler. Uh, I believe he had two. Oh, there's to, big uh, news with Adnan. Oh, yeah, well, there's big news on, on the Adnan Twizzler front that we'll have to get to for sure. Oh, it's so. the weird kid mm-hmm. with the Twizzler in his mouth. That is right. Where he's been? <laughs> the, Where he the Matt been? Ryan hater. Yeah, that guy. That guy. He's on vacation now, isn't he? He he boycotted because we didn't didn't draft Justin Fields. Yeah, he's still mad. He's still mad about that. So, (laughs) all right, guys. Well, we're going to sign off there. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Until then, guys, have a great night. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. See you, folks. Take it easy.